0: to page uh, 1108, oh, one, oh Ephesians chapter 1, page 1108. Oh just while you're finding that, um, give a, a shout out to Ruth. She's just working so hard with Fair on the Green, which is going to be amazing. Actually, already, there's a number of people who have signed up already, and it looks fantastic. She's organised that so well. But actually, just uh, all out the back, just making the garden look amazing, the whole barbecue, uh, all of uh, today's arrangements are pretty much exclusively down to the efforts of, of Ruth who manages it and organizes it so well and that given that we've been sort of uh, dislocated from our office, you, you may be aware uh, with the downpours at the end of last month we um, large parts of Fulham flooded and uh, we had a flood in the in the vestry and um, we've had to evacuate, they had to rip up all the carpets and um, so when we go out to the barbecue we'll have to go out that way, we can't take that shortcut because it's Uh, It's it's just nails and things like that in the the sort of floor that's left. Uh, So Ruth, bless her, has been sort of managing all this stuff whilst not really having an office, not having all her things around her. Uh, So she's done an extraordinary job. So when you see, it's it's National Hugger Ruth Week, start of today. So when you see Ruth, give her a hug and appreciate all that she is and all that she's done. Here we are. Here's Paul uh, praying the first of two great prayers to his church uh, that he set up and spent some time with, actually, planted it and then, and then really established it before he moved on. Uh, and he prayed this prayer, of chapter one, verse 15. Um, for this reason, the, the reason is that God has called Jew and Gentile together as one. This, the church is a brand new entity. And, and for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all his people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And what does he pray? I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people All things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul's prayer, essentially, is that God, by his spirit, would give us the ability to see, not, not just with our physical eyes, in fact, especially with the eyes of our heart, that we'd see, kind of know. We'd kind of know in our knower. Deep, deep down, we would know that God has acted in human history. We sang about it all through human history. God has acted in history in and through the kind of the, 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 the central prism of Jesus, to sit him at the right hand of God, so that those of us who are in Jesus, that, that's just another way of saying who know him personally, like you know a friend, you, you've met them and you know that you know them, you know that they know you. That's what it is to be a Christian. It's to know God and to know that he knows you. And when we look at Jesus and we know who Jesus is, we realize that God has placed all things, all things, every power and principality, everything that sets itself up as something to be looked at or worshiped, be it image, status, our standing in our place of work, the fact that our kids make us look good in public, that I have a nice house, or I appear to have life altogether. All the things that purport to be important and all authority, all things are actually placed under Jesus' feet. And he is the ultimate authority. And why has he done that? Verse 22, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for... Say it out loud. No, 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 I didn't say mumble it. I said say it out loud. The church, the church, us, you and I. God has done all this in Christ for you and for me and for us. He's given us this status and this authority and this power. And with that comes the peace and the joy, just the privilege of knowing Jesus Christ. Who am I to add a prayer to Paul's? But Father, I simply pray that your spirit will be, continue to work in us, the church. Give us greater and greater realization of who we are and what we are in you and of what you're doing in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's the kind of backdrop for, for what I want to say. It's a little bit of um, housekeeping, if you like, on a... Uh, on on an occasion where we're all together as a church. Um, As a a family, Joe, my wife, we've got three grown-up children, Bex, Luke, Emma, and um, uh, every now and then as a family, we kind of get together. It happens less and less now. Our our eldest is is married and is kind of in a sense part of another family unit, but from time to time we get together and we just take stock. Where are we as a family now that we've, in our case, guys have left school, some have left home. Um, So we have a little bit of a, literally, a stock take. There seems to be a lot of stuff that doesn't belong to Joe and I still in the house. Um, Can we have a discussion about what might happen with that? (laughs) Mm. (laughs) As people begin to fly the nest, we're at that life stage, you'll be at a different life stage, maybe you're you're starting a new life stage, Uh, it could be even on a micro level you're just. Uh, moving into a new house with a whole load of housemates. Maybe you're entering into a new relationship. Maybe you formalize that relationship and you're entering into another exciting stage of life. You're expecting a child on the way. You've just received a child. Your children's going from primary to 2nd There'll be different stages. And every now and then it's good, isn't it, just to sit as a family and to say, okay, where are we right now? And and, and who are we as a family? What makes us us? And what's coming up? I want to do that, if I may, this morning with with us as a church family where are we kind of just to restate our vision and our mission and our values and our priorities as a church that we've been working on and and kind of rolling out in the last um just refreshing in the last year 18 months two three years and then i want to talk specifically about some of the things that are coming up which are really exciting really exciting uh, and, and time is against us but we've got communion as well and there's a barbecue and then England are kicking off at one o'clock so I'm conscious of all that. Uh, do stay by the way we're gonna, we'll, get the, we'll bring the sofas up or whatever we've got a big screen here so, uh, and there's crash toys and things like that so hopefully this will be the best place to watch England qualify for the last 16. What's our vision? I was with the core leaders just the other day or a few, a few weeks ago now what is our vision and I said in one word the vision is Jesus. The vision, I mean, we can have fancy lines and vision statements and stuff. I think, if I'm honest, that's colluding a little bit with the corporate world. Our vision is Jesus. If you want it in two words, Jesus Christ. Christ isn't his surname. It's a, it's a, it's a descriptor. It, is, it means anointed or God's anointed. In other words, God intended that Jesus should be our vision. As a church, we, we just constantly, I'd exhort you, I'd encourage you, constantly to come back to Jesus, to clear away the clutter of the lives that we live, and the noise in our heads, to, to still it all, to get away, get to, get to a place and a space where you can see Jesus. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. See Jesus, don't just know him, know about him, know him. Talk to him, wait and let him talk to you, Jesus, so that you live like he lived, when he was here on earth, and you love like he loved, he said to me, "Why? Well, I don't know how he loved." We'll, we'll Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, st- start or continue. Refresh yourself with how he lived and how he loved. Let Scripture challenge you, mess with your mind, get into your heart, wrestle with your will, so that so that you live like Jesus lived and you love like Jesus loved and you thought, you think like Jesus thought and you act like Jesus acted more and more and more. You More of Jesus, the vision is Jesus. I just, I want to be more and more like Jesus. What what does it look like for Tim Stilwell to live and act and think and go to the gym and to work and to relax and to be a husband and to parent uh, children? to pastor my church as Jesus would and did and does? What does it look like for me? That's, that's the ongoing question, it's the vision. The mission, in other words, what do we do once we've got that picture of what we're looking to become corporately and individually and corporately? The mission is that we would grow mission-minded disciples who live for Jesus wherever they are. That's what we're about as a church. We equip and help and encourage one another To live as mission minded disciples, we're We're not thinking about church as something that we come to when we gather like this. It's with a view of strengthening and encouraging and exhorting one another to get out there. You spend the vast majority of your waking hours out there in a classroom or in an office or behind a screen or in the home or at the school gate in the networks and neighborhoods. You spend far more time out there than you do in here. You come here to resource, to be fed, to be taught, to be encouraged, equipped, so that you can go. Jesus' final command, go. So we're just in line with Jesus' command. Mission-minded disciples who live for Jesus wherever they are. We don't just live for Jesus when we're all in a holy huddle here. In fact, this is really where we can be real. You know what? It stinks. I'm finding this hard. I'm struggling here. Will you pray for me? This is where we just let it all out and be real because it's safe. So that when we go out there, we say, I am trying to live for this guy. Have you ever considered the person of Jesus Christ? You might find yourself asking a colleague. He's such a key figure of history. How is it possible not to have... Thought about him in some way. Do you mind if I ask? Have you ever thought about Jesus Christ? Thought about what he did, what he said? No, no. Well, and then you give an example. He was at this wedding once, and he changed water into wine. Then run out of wine, so he got some water and he changed it into wine. What's not to like about Jesus? But you explain that it wasn't just that it kept the wedding feast going; it was a sign of what he was going to do. This is—you think this is good? The best wine. There's something even greater coming, and that's what he promises. You ever encountered, engaged with that? Did you work with, you you, you pick your own story, your own thing about Jesus that captivates you. Pass it on. So you're a mission-minded disciple who lives for Jesus and talks about Jesus wherever you are. That's, That's the mission that flows out of the vision. We have three values, the three E's, if you like, to encounter God, to embrace one another, to engage with our world. Most churches have an up, an in, and an out that sort of drives them. Most organizations, actually, probably. Up, in, out, I don't know about the up with some secular organization, but with a church. Up to encounter God through worship, Bible, prayer. That, that is, that's what it is to be a Christian. A, a Christian is not someone who goes to church. Anyone can go to church. Anyone can sit here. Anyone can read the Bible. Atheists read the Bible. A Christian is someone who, through reading the Bible, through coming to church, through talking to others, through prayer, encounters God. Our Christian living must flow from an encounter with God. Otherwise, all that we'll do is moralize. The gospel will become a, 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 a sort of list of shoulds and do's and ought to's. And we will start to live as those who give advice rather than those who receive a gift. The gospel, first and foremost, is gift. That I, I don't deserve, I've not merited it. I, I am, if I can boast in anything, as Paul says, it, it's only that I can boast in what Jesus has done. It's nothing that I do, it's what he has done. I receive it as gift. And you know what it's like, your birthday, Christmas, you get a gift, you get a wonderful gift. What do you do? You, you, you show others. You, you wear it or you, whatever it is, you, you, you manifest the fact that someone has been so generous to you. Hey, what did you get for Christmas, we say. What did you get for your birthday? And you tell well, I, I can't tell you. Sorry, it's too private. Rubbish. You tell people. If you've received the gift of friendship with God through others, encountered God, you recognise who he is, you, you'll begin to find ways to tell others. Here's a little acid test. If you haven't talked to someone else, about your encounter with Jesus Christ in the last three months. Time for serious review. Time for serious review. How how well do you know Jesus? How great an impact has he had on your life? What is the fear that's holding you back from sharing him with others? I I acknowledge very real fears. I feel that all the time. Just close up my mouth to, to kind of... Diluted into well, I'm a sort of church girl. Or I sort of oh yeah, I, know. I kind of go to some of these occasionally, out of interest. What's that about? So we encounter God. We embrace one another. We one of our priorities is to pursue and deepen authentic relationship one with another. And we engage with our world. We engage with our world. So encounter God, embrace one another, engage with the world. That's, that's, we've kind of teased all these over the last three, four, five years. Distill them down to that's who we are. And our priorities, these will change uh, and from time to time as we, we just want to pay particular attention, shine a spotlight, if you like, on these four things. The prayer, prayer and the prophetic. As part of the encounter to God, that we, we set aside time individually and corporately We've got presents coming up in I think two weeks time, two, three weeks time, Tuesday evening. I'd love to see as many people that are here this, this, this afternoon at that evening. Get a babysitter. Uh, if you, I know babysitters are difficult to find, those of us with children, but and it can be a bit expensive. So, okay, one person take it in turn this time to babysit the kids and the other one come. Can I be honest? every now and then I've just taken interest I think it's part of my responsibility to steward the resources of this church and in the midweek evening things that we've had over the last year or so I've counted up how many people from the 8.30 or 10.30 and it's very few and yet these are opportunities for us to engage with one another as we encounter God to to live out our values if I offered you a theatre ticket for that night you'd snap it up and you'd go And yet we're not just watching a little performance, we're encountering the one true living God under whom all things have been placed. He's in authority over all these things in order that by His Spirit, He enables us to have that power and authority. Why would you want to miss that? The prayer and the prophetic. An annual rhythm of discipleship, our second priority, to pursue and deepen authentic friendships. I mentioned that uh, earlier, just a few minutes ago. And to engage with our local community in, in Parsons Green. So not just you know, taking that, that, that um, third value of engaging with our world, and specifically I- in the needs that we increasingly are recognizing around Parsons Green. And uh, we begin to do that with things we. Uh, in the winter months with glass door and the night shelter with the recovery course uh, with Crosslight and debt advice we're seeing among other things Georgia and the school's work we're seeing and engaging with the need that is around us and we want to prioritize that so the four priorities prayer and the prophetic an annual rhythm of discipleship pursuing and deepening authentic friendship and engaging with the local community our vision our mission our values and our priorities that's kind of where we are as a church? Just just to, 60 seconds. Just to turn to someone uh, next to you, behind you, and uh, what excites you about the vision, the mission, the values, the priorities of our church family? 60 seconds, and then I'll call you back. Okay, now the great thing is we've got an extended time together as church family, not just tea and coffee at the back, but uh, lunch outside, so an opportunity for you to, um, to continue this conversation, and uh, maybe in deliberately looking to pursue uh, relations. One of our priorities. One of the things. Maybe I could challenge you with is to d- deliberately go go and find someone that you haven't spoken to before as part of our wider s d s family. So it's maybe someone from another service, or it may be within the service. But you're conscious. I sort of recognise you, but I, I I've, we've never really had a conversation. Will you pray? I, can I acknowledge that that takes? It's weird, isn't it? We we we're, we're sort of relational beings, and yet it takes for all of us. I'm I'm not particularly shy and I'm, I'm sort of a people person, and yet I still find that, that first thing, that step, sort of saying hello to someone, it's, there's still something in me, and I recognize I find, re- I find it relatively easy. So I recognize there are some who find that naturally harder. You're, you're shy, uh, or, or quieter, more sort of introverted by uh, personality preference, that's absolutely fine. Um, but will you, will you press through that bubble, break that threshold, in order to help you, actually, you will be blessed, and we are blessed as we as we break that threshold, and we encourage one another with this particular priority to pursue and deepen authentic relationships one with another. Let me just—I'd um, love to just to finish by uh, fleshing out what a church with this vision, mission, these values, these priorities, what's sort of happening, what's coming up, and how we're hoping they're going to uh, seep into the next uh, six, nine, 12 months here at St. because there are some excitements coming up. We, we, there's a fair amount of change going on as well. There's always change. People are always coming and joining us new, if that's you, in the last week, month, months, then uh, welcome, it's, it's great to have you with us, and people move on. I had, I had two emails yesterday from people who are committed members of our church, and they both said to me, actually, do you know what, we've been praying, wrestling, and actually uh, uh, for different s- reasons or circumstances, I totally understand, it could be work, it could be uh, the moving house, it could be uh, you know a number of things, uh, and bless them, they've been sweet enough to, to write and say, actually, we're going to move on. And I, I'll be honest, As a partner, just, oh, I totally get that, I totally get that, but it, it's, like a, it's, it's a bit like that every time. Uh, but it's offset by the fact that then I meet someone, uh, pretty much every Sunday, I meet someone, and I say, sorry, I, 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 I hope to know you now, I don't know you. No, no, I've, I've only been coming in the last two weeks. Oh, great, and, we, and I meet someone, I go, oh, thank you, Lord. You're bringing someone, it looks like you're really gifted or able, you could plug in in some way. So there's that, it's constantly happening. But on the staff team, it's happening too. Lucy, as you know, our Director of Operations, she uh, stopped work at the end of May here with us. So please bear with us over the summer months. We're we're a key member of staff down in the kind of operations and admin. Um, Ruth is doing a sterling job uh, as a sort of the key admin person, holding the fort amid all this disruption. She is uh, doing an amazing, amazing job. And we've got Laura Brimacombe who is a member of our congregation and uh, has been coming with us for about a year and a half now. Uh, She currently works for New Wine, organizing their events and conferences. She was formerly a a senior teacher uh, in a state school, taught maths. And she's coming on board uh, as full-time director of operations, and that will be uh, that will make such a difference to the way in which hopefully we the smooth running of the operation behind the scenes, all the stuff that you kind of don't necessarily think about, all the stuff that y- that it takes to run uh, a. a, a small to medium-sized business, um, a charitable organization, a church, in a local authority. There, there are basically four authorities that we kind of have to pay attention to, all the sort of health and safety stuff, insurance, but, oh, all the things that make my head spin. Someone is going to just oversee all that on our behalf and release pastoral staff to pass that and to mission, which is really what we want to be about as a church. So Laura Brim will be coming on. We're, we're going to say goodbye to James. I see James over here, James Helling. There he is with Max. Hold him up, like her, do did that sort of Lion King moment. There we are. Uh, and Catherine here. Um, they, James is really exciting. He's got a job at St. John's Hampton Wick, uh, and he's going to be starting the end of August there. So he's he finishes with us uh, at Focus, so the end of July. And uh, you'll probably be aware we've got a job ad out at the moment for, um, we've, we've, and I just want to let you know, we've put it, we're advertising for a full-time post. That's a kind of step of faith, because I'm not, quite sure just at the moment that we've got all the money to be able to do that. The reality is that the worship element of that role is is probably a, a half time role, which is what James has been doing. Two days midweek and then a Sunday. So three days a week. Uh, and that, that comprises just the worship bit. But if, if we just advertise for a part-time role, we'll we'll considerably I imagine limit our options as to who might be interested or apply. So we've said, well, would you be interested in a full-time role? but, but the question in that is what can you offer? because worship is only part of it. Um, so is it, is it helping us to press into some of our priorities? Can you help us with the prayer and the prophetic or with the sharing faith and evangelism? Can you help us on the technical creative side, uh, just with the training and so on, with the AV or, or our social media and our communications, all of which need attention. Um, so we're looking to see who God might bring. It might be they say, no, no, I'm just a worship in which case, say, well, great, it's a, it's a part-time post. So there's flexibility in the way in which we're, we're seeking under God uh, for a vital part of, of that ministry. James has done an, a fantastic job. James, we're really gonna we're gonna formally sort of say goodbye to James nearer the time. But w- while we're all together here, I want to say to James and to Catherine, who's been such a loyal servant and an effective, efficient servant behind the boxes there at the back and the A V week on week. You've done an amazing job. It's it's when you don't notice the A V because it's just seamless, it means they've had uh, like the ref in a, a game of football they've had a really good game. And Catherine week on week you have such a good game as you've this, particularly at the 1030. James, you're just you're one of the friendliest guys I know. Uh, you've been brilliant at building team and gathering people, and again, when teams move on, you just recruit and get them all in, train them all up. It's fun being part of this worship team, and it's grown in your tenure from, I don't know, we had about sort of 12 or 15 up to, how many on the books now, 30, 35? 35, so he just, James has got a sort of, he just sniffs out if you've got musical talent. Uh, and he, he recruits you on, and if you haven't got musical talent, he sniffs you out anyway, trains you up, and puts you in there anyway, and you, lo and behold, you're, you're playing. It's amazing. Uh, and I love that. We love your heart, James, and we're going to miss you. So thank you. So I want you to just show our appreciation now. Okay? If you've been on the website recently, you'll see we're also advertising for a part-time children's role. Wonderfully. Uh, Through two very generous sources, we've been donated the money for uh, a kind of intern or or support worker. And uh, so in conversation with with PCC and the leadership, we have uh, arrived at the decision to, to take on a children's worker to release Georgia, who's not moving on anyway, we're holding on to Georgia. My goodness, when you see gold dust, you hold on to that. Um, But it is to release more of where Georgia's heart is. She loves children, young people, but, but particularly in that missional sense. So what we want to release Georgia into is much more of our vision and values and priorities. To press into and engage with the work in Parsons Green, particularly through the two local schools, primary schools, Sullivan and Thomas Academy. But she does loads of work in Lady Margaret School as well. She links up with other youth workers to uh, work with St. Matthews as well um, on Bridge Road. So there's loads that she does outside the four walls of this church. And we want to release her to do more of that. So we're looking to uh, recruit a part-time Uh, kind of children and family worker who can do much of the, if you like, bread and butter of uh, the Sunday stuff. The stuff that's going on now, she will kind of pass on to that person. But she's still on the team and overseeing that work. It's really exciting. Three of us are excited. No, I don't. We want to press into encountering God. That we're going to do um, through our, as I as mentioned, the, the kind of worship lead. That's why it's really key that we pray for James's replacement. That the, the person who comes in is able to to just continue on us on that journey of pressing into God, so that we more and more we encounter Him, we Jesus, we just continue to meet and to get to know better and better Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. So that's. Encountering God through, um, uh, particularly the worship leader uh, that we want to want to recruit. I think just encountering Jesus. I want to. Sorry, I've just slightly lost my place on my notes. Yeah, what I wanted to say about um, encountering God is that I I. But it's this isn't a main goal, but it's, it's a it's a significant outworking of our goal to know Jesus better, and to make Him known to be mission-minded disciples who live for Jesus wherever we are, means that one of the significant outworkings of that is that we will invite others to come to know him with us, and we will grow. We can grow in a number of ways. We can deepen our faith. We can mature our, our Christian living, our understanding. But we also can grow numerically. We've put out some seats, and there are quite a few empty ones. There's space in here for people to come and fill them, whether it's through uh, an invitation to Alpha or an invitation to our Christmas services. That's a kind of fairly easy invitation to come to church for those who don't usually come to church. It kind of you know, taps into a nostalgia, it's kind of Christmas, it's yeah, come on. And at the Christmas service, there'll be a clear and accessible invitation to come to know Jesus personally, this Jesus who's come to us. And off the back of that, an invitation to Alpha. Alpha continues to be one of the most effective ways to encourage people into the Christian faith. I I, I hope that this time next year, we we can talk about ways in which we have grown numerically as a church. And I kind of want to put that out, just in case you you come along and you come to either the 8.30 or the 10.30 and the 5, and you think, oh, this this is how it's meant to be. This is the size of the church. I, I would love to see us grow. Not to be massive. I'm not talking about sort of a huge church like Holy Trinity Brompton, for example. But I've, I've said this before. The capacity of this church, we can take five or 600 if we were to put out all the seats that we have. Actually, if we were 300, we would be on average with the current Um, attendance across the nation in Christian churches. At the moment, our Sunday attendance is below the average attendance across the nation. So I'd love us to get to average. It's not much of a vision, is it? But it's a little bit more than where we are at the moment. 300 people on a Sunday would be average. Could we do that? I've got, I'm receiving my cue now from the kids to speed up, we'll get on. Um, Embracing one another. This is just on this priority. We're gonna need to continue to work at embracing one another. I, I often mark on occasions like this, and I'd love to challenge you for this to be different when we're out here, we tend to just gather around the people we already know. Maybe those in our life group or those at our life stage or those that we sit next to in church. And I'd love to encourage us to continue to pursue and deepen authentic relationship across the whole piece. Will you take up that challenge today have lunch with someone, Ch- chat to people you know, chat to people you know, but have, have a conversation with someone that you don't know. It'll take effort, it'll take energy, but can I encourage you to do that for the sake of our, our priority and our goal, to engage and embrace one another. And finally, engaging with our world. Next year, uh, we, I really hope, at the moment we're on track for starting the work of Living Space uh, January next year. And it's anticipated that it'll be a sort of nine-month build. So there'll be times next year when actually some of these vision events will be a bit disrupted because we, there may be some Sundays where we, we're not meeting here because the floor is being ripped up, or because there's scaffold everywhere to put in the new light system, uh, or because they're building the kitchen pod that is going to go into that corner where the crash currently is. Uh, so there may be Sundays when we'll be meeting in different places or at different times. Uh, there'll be a little bit of disruption. But it's so that this building acts as a, as a, as a living space. The vast majority of people who walk past the, the, the doors there on a Monday to Friday, I think they assume this is a museum to the past. Or as the archdeacon calls it, an empty palace of a long dead king. It's what a lot of people assume these church buildings are. And our building doesn't give off any clues, does it? It's got that dark door that al- always looks like it's shut. And so we're, we're going to open it up. Opening up the front, opening up the glass door there, widening it. Then we're going to, let me just show you this little impression here. That's, what's the, uh, that's what you kind of, you'll be look, from where you're sitting, what you'll look at there. We're going to knock out that brick arch. That's all going to be glazed. The office that clutters up that area there is going to be up on a mezzanine. And so this is going to be a clear reception space. And you'd be able to peek in at the church from outside. Can we have the first slide up? So there's a um, a CGI from uh, the vestry door. This is looking the other way, looking through what the vestry will become. The office is upstairs. You see the stairs on the left-hand side up to the office stuff. So there's a clean reception area through to a glass bit. You can see the pulpit there. And actually just right in the distance, that shadowy figure is enjoying a coffee where uh, Chris is standing right now in his yellow T-shirt. Is it Chris? Yeah, it is, so sorry, I haven't haven't got my glasses on, it is. Um, So right there, that'll be the the kind of kitchen cafe area, and you'll be able to glimpse it from the outside. Uh, By the way, let's just have a look at the kitchen while we're, here are CGI mock-ups of what the kitchen will look like. So it's got a cooker, microwave, so on, there's a door in there, there's a hatch just to the right of the door which uh, we can serve tea, coffee, or food, alpha food, or recovery course food, uh, or life group leaders nights, Ooh, just this place is gonna start to hum and throb. Here's the thing, i I, I finished with this. It's gonna change how we are as a church. At the moment, we, we sneak in down the side and no one knows we're here. If you walk past the green now, no one knows we're here, and in the evening, on a, on a winter's evening, when we're in here, no one knows. They walk past in their tens and hundreds, and no one knows we're here. And that is going to change, because with the uh, with oh my God, this one, with, with this, this is just going to this is going to open up the whole church. When you walk past, you'll see the lights on. By the way, we had on Friday. We had the the, the lighting guys that we've. Um, we're going to use they did us a little demonstration of what we can do with the lights oh my word it was unbelievable what you can do with a light rig now and it's a, a fraction of the cost it used to be and it's hard apparently it's a fraction of the power of What? It, anyway, that's all boring detail but I was quite excited about that I'm not really a details guy just the, what it's going to do to this place the way in which it will transform it and it will be obvious out there you, we won't but help be able to talk about Jesus. Because after every evening on a a Sunday or midweek, we'll go out that way and we'll be standing and chatting and sort of hanging around outside and people will go, oh, what's going on in there? And they'll see that just the place lit up and they'll talk to us. We need, as Peter says, to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. We will engage with our world. So we need to encounter God, embrace one another, engage with our world in order that we continue to worship him by being a living space that points to him and talks to a needy, hungry world of all that Jesus has to offer. His intent was that through Christ, he placed everything under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen, amen, amen. I'm conscious we're fighting time. I'm, I'm, I do apologize for we're running over, but actually I think it's so good if we can um, celebrate as a family. We're gonna have two feasts. We're gonna have a barbecue out there shortly. We're gonna have Holy Communion here. Uh, what we've got is two stations. So we got uh, uh, a bread and a wine at the front. And we've got a bread and wine at the back as well. And we'd love everyone to be involved. To that end, we've got um, a a bowl of grapes uh, sliced in half. And so for children who are maybe just still working through their understanding of of the significance of the bread and the wine and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, uh, we don't want them to feel like, you know, they miss out on something. So they can come and get a grape. And uh, they can have a grape, which, as you know, is when we crush that, it makes wine. So it's kind of all linked in. Um, but it just means then that we can preserve something of the integrity of communion for those who know and understand what it is that Jesus has done to give his life in order that we might live for God. Uh, so I'd invite you just if you're in the front half, come and receive communion. If in the back half, uh, then just go to the back and receive communion there. I'm going to take them. So as we come to celebrate communion here, we remember that on the night that he was betrayed, when he was at supper with his friends, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to them and he said, take and eat, for this is my body which is broken for you, so do this in remembrance of me. And then after supper, he took a cup of wine and he blessed it and then he gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you, for this cup symbolizes the new covenant, the new relationship because of my death and resurrection. Do this in remembrance of me. So we gather this morning and we take a wafer, we hold onto it and then we dip it into the wine or if we're still working out where we are with Jesus, that's fine, we take a grape and stick it in our mouth. And as we receive in that way We give thanks to God who has given us the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, his one and only son. In Jesus' name, amen. If the the helpers can come.